0: Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April Zaire and I'm an Associate Pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30am Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We'd also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our sunday mornings on our website kzmc.ca thanks for listening and have a great day well good morning to each of you this morning and uh, good morning to those that are uh, watching online or if later this week or sometime if you watch this uh, i pray that god will speak to your heart by the spirit of god Uh, thank you marlene for reading that scripture uh, that's a scripture that has become meaningful to me over the years, and I've read it many times to the folks at the rest home and different places, and it, uh, it just assures us that God is always with us. There's no place, there's no place on this earth, no place anywhere else that we can um, go that God isn't, is not there. Well, my name is Dennis E. Stepp, and I have been uh, a member of this congregation for many years. And uh, I recently, at the end of last year, uh, stepped down as uh, pastor of pastoral care. And uh, I love the Lord with all of my heart, and um, I know that many of you, or maybe all of you, also love the Lord. And so I am thankful for that. There's one thing that I have come to know is that God is always with us and has plans in place for what is going to happen. And this psalm is a really good reminder that no matter what we do or where we go, God is already there. We do have free will in our lives, so we make choices in what we do in life. God sees the future, and he knows our situation even before we are aware that there is going to be something, a problem or something come up. You know, God knows that we, what we need here at our church, and it's no surprise at all to Jesus that we are looking for a lead pastor. That's no surprise, and uh, there's already something in place, we just don't know what it is. Today, God knows in the Psalm 139, it says, God already knows that what I am going to say, even before I say it. Now, I can go by my notes and I know what I'm going to say, but I don't know what I'm going to add in that the Spirit of God may have me to speak. Psalms 139 says it so plainly that before a word is on my tongue, You, Lord, know it completely. I think that's incredible, that before you speak your next words, that God already knows what you're going to say. And it's no surprise that I am here today, and it's no surprise that you're here today. You did have a choice. You did have a choice to get up, but you chose to be here today. Or whether you're listening online you chose to sign in and to listen to the service today not all situations or problems will turn out the way we want them I know that you know that but however I am confident that Jesus will be with us no matter what comes our way you know there are numerous examples in the Bible that tells us that this is true and I will share some of those examples later. I think that fear is one of Satan's most effective weapons that he uses against us. Fear. There's so many times, I did, there's a, I looked at something and I, I don't know if it's totally correct, but it says that there's, fear not is listed 365 or 366 times in the Bible. I I didn't try to figure out whether that is actual factual or not, but I know that the Bible says many times, fear not, fear not. But Satan wants to use that to cause us to be fearful that God is far away or that he is absent from our present or he doesn't really care about what goes on in our lives. The statement, God doesn't care about you or me, is a blatant lie. God does care. But have you ever felt that way before? Have you ever felt that God just really doesn't understand what I'm going through? Or have you ever prayed and asked God to do something and you believe that God just doesn't hear what you're praying? Well, if you have, you're not alone. I think every one of us here would probably have experienced that at some point in our lives. So it seems that we've all experienced at some point in our lives that God is distant or God is not available. But that's not true. I just want to share with something in a story back in the Old Testament. It's the compelling story of of the prophet Elijah, the Tishbite, and it's recorded in 1 Kings 18. Now, I'm not going to hit all the points that's in that story, but uh, so if you really want to, I, I've just really become interested in more and more uh, the stories of the Old Testament over the last six, eight months, I've I've read those stories over and over, and just how God has been with the people. So Elijah, the story, I'm sure you've heard his name. He he was the one that challenged the the prophets of Baal. Baal was a, a Canaanite deity and took the shape of a of a bull or a ram, and it was associated with fertility. And Baal, for some, was the replacement. Of the one true God, the creator of the universe. This account reminds me and should remind you that there's only one true God, and he is available. So some background to the story. King Ahab had married Jezebel, and he turned away from the Lord. It's recorded in First Kings that King Ahab did more evil, in the eyes of the Lord than any of those that had come before him because he was serving and worshipping the false god Baal and Jezebel his wife was intent on killing all of the Lord's prophets there was only one left of God's prophets and his name was Elijah you know there are two people in the bible that tells us that they did not die that they were taken from heaven Elijah was one of them, and the other was Enoch, which was the great, 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 four greats, grandson of Adam. And Enoch was the great-grandfather of Noah. So the word of the Lord came to Elijah, telling him to go meet with King Ahab. Like I said before, there's a lot of details in here that I'm going to skip because it would take uh, a long time to go through all of those but the details are found in first Kings chapter 17 to 22 and then second Kings 1 and 2 and that was when Elijah was taken up to heaven in a whirlwind so Elijah meets with King Ahab and asks him to call the people of Israel to Mount Carmel so this King sent out a message for all the people to assemble all over Israel to come to uh, meet at Mount Carmel along with the prophets of Baal. And there were 450 prophets of Baal along with 400 prophets of Asherah and one prophet of the Lord, Elijah. And the people assembled on Mount Carmel, and Elijah went before the people, and these are the words he said, How long are you going to waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him, but if Baal is God, follow him. So when I was reading this story over and over, I wondered, are there idols or Baals in our lives that that distract us from following the one true God? Is there something more important than Jesus in your life? Only you can answer that. I think sometimes we put other things more important than Jesus my prayer is is that as, as I speak this morning that the Holy Spirit will convict each one of us what it is that we need to hear this day I don't know what that is and maybe you don't know what it is but I believe the Spirit of God can convict us of that So this story goes on to say that Elijah issued the challenge to get uh, two bulls for the sacrifice, uh, one for Baal's prophets and one for Elijah. Baal's prophets were to prepare the bull for sacrifice and put it on top of the wood, but not set any fire to it. And Elijah would do the same. And then they were supposed to call on the name of their God, Baal, for the Baal prophets, And Elijah would call on the name of the Lord and the God who answered by fire He is God and As the people had gathered they said that sounds good So the prophets of Baal Prepared the sacrifice they put everything on top of the wood and then they started in the morning calling on their God They shouted Baal answer us, but no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar, and they kept on and kept on, and by noon, they were, they were getting louder, and, and Elijah be, actually began to taunt them, saying, well, shout louder. Surely he is God. Perhaps he's deep in thought, or he's busy, or he's traveling. Maybe he's asleep and must, must awake him. So they shouted louder and louder. They slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. Midday passed, and they continued to do this. They kept frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. And these, there was no response. No one answered, and no one paid attention as they tried to call on Baal their god. So Elijah called the people together and he took 12 stones one for each of the tribes of of Israel and He rebuilt the altar that had been torn down He repaired it and put the sacrifice on top of the wood. He dug a trench around the altar He then instructed them to pour four large jars of water on top of the sacrifice and then to do it again and then to do it a third time until the water ran down all over the and ran into the trench And these are the words that are written in the scripture. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so that these people will know that you are Lord, our God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. And the fire of the Lord fell down from heaven and burned up the sacrifice. It it burned up the stones and the soil and it licked up all the water that was in the trench. If you and I would have been there, we probably would have said the same thing. We would have fell to the ground and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. We just experienced Baal's prophets trying to get their God to bring fire down to burn up their sacrifice. There was no answer, no one spoke because Baal was not a God that hears and listens and answers. Getting back to the question, have you ever felt that God is distant or unavailable? Or like Elijah taunting Baal's prophets that he is busy or traveling or he's sleeping? Nothing could be further from the truth with our God. God is all-knowing, all-powerful. God promises in his word over and over again that he is always with us. He's here with us today. Not only has he proven time and time again in the Bible and even in our lives today that he is here. Have you ever experienced God's grace and mercy, and he's here today by his Spirit. You know, one of the things I've noticed, and you probably have too, have you ever noticed that people have more boldness to do something when someone goes with them? A person is more willing to sign up for that challenge if a friend does it with them. A child is more willing to try that ride, maybe went to some amusement park, they're willing to get on that ride if someone goes with them. Or an employee is willing an employee is willing to keep company policy on an issue if, if they know that their employer will back them up. So it is with God. We are more willing to fulfill a task as people if we know that God is with us, and we know that He is. You know, God told Joshua he'll go with them. God has told us that he will be with us wherever we go. We many times mistakenly believe that when bad or difficult things come into our lives, that it's an indication that God is absent. We have numerous examples in the Bible that God was there in the midst of war and famine and floods and storms, and not only is God there in those times, he also has a plan in place. But maybe not the way we would want it. Maybe not the way we would ask. So, some examples is Abraham and Isaac. You remember the story? God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, his son born in old age. Didn't think he was going to have a son. And here God was asking him to sacrifice his son. But when Isaac and Abraham were on their way, they took along the wood and they took the fire. And Isaac asked his father, We have all we have the wood and the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham answers, God will provide. And we see as as Abraham Went up on that mountain. He bound up his son, but when he was going to sacrifice him, God called out and said, no. And it says that there close by was a ram caught in a thicket. Doesn't that seem like a pretty amazing thing that that God already had something in place. That story is found in Genesis chapter 22. Or another example is consider the life of Joseph. Joseph was 17 years old when he had two dreams. And the first dream he told his brothers, he said, we were binding sheaves now probably many of us here have never bound sheaves but i bet you some of you know exactly what i mean i i've been up in in the old order and amish country and i see them once in a while these sheaves that are in the field so joseph had this dream and he said we were binding sheaves of grain and my, suddenly my sheaves stood up and your sheaves all bowed down now you know, there's a lot of si- sibling rivalry in, in a lot of homes, and I don't think that would go over too well, and it didn't go over well. Like his brothers were ticked off with Joseph that, uh, that they thought that he was going to bow down to them. So they actually hated him for it, as well that, that their father loved Joseph more than them. That doesn't go too well in very many families to have a favorite, I don't think. But then he had another dream, and then the second dream, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars bowed down to him, and so he told his brothers and again, and, and then he told his father, and his father rebuked him, and, and, and he said, well, your mother, well, your mother and, and I and your brothers actually come and bow down before you to the ground? And his brothers were totally jealous, but it says the father kept this in his mind, So after these dreams, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, and he was taken to Egypt and was bought by Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials. Scripture tells us that Joseph was distressed and pleaded with his brothers for his life. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be Joseph and to be they had conversations that they actually wanted to kill him, and they ended up And then they threw him into a dry well and then they took him out of that well and sold him to the Ishmaelites going to Egypt and that's where he was sold to to Potiphar so Joseph started serving in Potiphar's household and Potiphar saw that everything that Joseph did prospered no matter what Joseph touched it was just blessed by God so everything he did Potiphar put him in charge of his whole household and he served there for 11 years taking care of Potiphar's affairs and then Potiphar's wife lied and told her husband that Joseph had tried to sleep with her and Joseph was put in prison for two years but even while in prison God was with him and God blessed him and so the the prison warden put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners like it's pretty amazing when you think about all the things that God did through Joseph. So he was 28 years old, and while he was in prison, he interpreted two dreams uh, with God's help. And then the story goes that Pharaoh had two dreams, but none of his wise men of, the, of, the, of Egypt could interpret it. And then Pharaoh was told that there was a Hebrew slave that had interpreted dreams. And so Pharaoh sent for Joseph immediately and said to him that I hear that you can interpret dreams. And Joseph said, I can't do it. But God will give Pharaoh his answer. So the dreams had the same meaning, seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. And after hearing Joseph's interpretations of the dreams by God, Pharaoh put... Joseph in charge. He was the second in command. He was the governor of Egypt, and he was second in command. And Joseph was thirty years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh. So thirteen years had passed since Joseph had the dreams, and they had not been fulfilled. So then there was seven years of, of plenty, and so Joseph stored up grain in Egypt for for those seven years. And by that time, Joseph was 37. 20 years had passed by since he had those dreams that his brothers would bow down to him. And then two years more went by in the famine, and then 10 of his brothers came to Egypt to buy grain. And they all bowed down to Joseph with their faces to the ground. 22 years later, the dream that Joseph had came to be. You know, we live in a world want. we want instant answers, not 22 years down the road. We want it like yesterday. We, want to know, we pray and ask God to do something, and we are an impatient bunch of people. Well, I guess I am. <laughs> Maybe you aren't. We live in a world we want. we want instant answers. Sometimes God answers quickly, and other times not so quickly. Either way, I believe that God has a solution even before we realize there is a problem. And some more examples in the Old Testament was when, you know, God asked Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach against their wickedness. Jonah ran away. And I believe some of us run away when God asks us to do something. I don't think we're always quick to do what we believe that God is asking us to do. Have you ever run away? Have you ever, during, I, I heard this morning that uh, Pastor April is looking for Sunday school helpers. Has God asked you to help and you say, let somebody else do that? I can't do that, I, I'm too old, I'm too young, I, I don't have the ability to do that. Maybe you do. Or the story about, as the story of Jonah continues with God provided the big fish to swallow Jonah. Now, I know that there's thoughts out there that some of these stories in the Old Testament are just stories didn't happen i believe they did happen and i believe they're true you may not but i do and after 3 days in that fish's belly the lord commanded the fish to throw jonah up on dry land that's jonah 1 to 4 that story or there's another story in Daniel chapter 3. You know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You've heard those names. They refused to bow down to this. King Nebuchadnezzar built this great big, I think it's like 90 feet. It's in the Bibles listed in a different way, but I think it's about 90 feet tall and 10 feet, 8 feet, 10 feet wide. This golden statue. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, whenever you hear the music start to play, you are to bow down to this golden image. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't do it. They didn't bow down to this golden image. And they were told that if you didn't bow down, you'd be thrown into a blazing furnace. That'd make you think, wouldn't it? So King Nebuchadnezzar heard about that these guys weren't bowing down to this, this image. So he gave them one final chance and said, if you bow down, then we won't throw you into the blazing furnace. But if you do, if you don't bow down, we will throw you in. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm not sure if they all three said it, but somebody said it, They told the king, "We, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from your hand. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And So they were thrown into the fire. Some of the soldiers that threw them in says that they died from the heat when they threw them in, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in there. And it, like it's an incredible story, like incredible. Like you know, when you have a campfire, you smell like smoke, like pretty quick. Well, it says that they were thrown in there and they came out and they didn't even have a smoke smell on their on their clothing or on, and they were because God saved them from that. I that's a It's an amazing amazing account of the amazing power of God and then we also have the story of Daniel in the same book the king made a decree that you have to pray only to the king for 30 days well Daniel's habit was that he would kneel down and pray three times a day. He continued to do that, even though it was against the king's edict, the king's law. But if you disobey this, you're going to be thrown into the lion's den. Now, they had some pretty amazing things back then, like lions and furnaces, that you, some pretty severe punishments. But Daniel continued to do as he had always done. He knelt down three times a day. As was his custom. And he was thrown into the lion's den. The king was so distraught by, because he had become friends with Daniel, he was so distraught that he couldn't sleep. So he stayed up the whole night. An angel from God closed the mouths of the lions. And when the king came out early in the morning and shouted, Daniel, Daniel, did your God save you? He said, yes, he did. Then we have a story in Matthew 17 that there's a conversation about paying taxes. I think we're supposed to pay taxes. But Jesus asked Peter to go to the lake and throw his fishing line in the water. Now, I know some of you fish, uh, male fishes. He threw. He said he was supposed to throw the line into the to the lake. And he said the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a coin. Take it and pay the tax for yours and mine. I asked Mel yesterday if he ever caught a fish that had a coin in it. He said no. <laughs> isn't it Isn't it amazing how God prepares things? How God, I I, I just find it astounding. That God by His Spirit is able to do those kind of things. Or, in Matthew 21, Jesus asked two of His disciples to go to the village, and you will find a donkey and a colt with her. Tells them ahead of time, "You go to this village. And you're going to find a donkey and a colt, and uh, untie them and bring them to me." That's I. That's incredible. And then in Acts, we read about Saul, later called Paul. He was persecuting the followers of Jesus. He was on his way to Damascus. He was blinded by a light from heaven to arrest followers of, quote, the way of Jesus. For for three days, he was blind, couldn't see. And he didn't eat or drink anything, according to the scripture. But in the meantime the Lord spoke to a disciple named Ananias in a vision and told him go to the house of Judas on a straight straight street. And Saul at the same time was praying and in a vision he saw a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Those things can't happen by by coincidence. There's no way. That would be that would even be more unbelievable than than if you don't believe this story and then one more scripture um, in in Acts chapter 10 it talks about Cornelius he was a Gentile he was a devout follower of God God fearing and he had a vision of an angel telling him to send to Joppa for a man named Simon who is called Peter he is staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is beside the sea so Cornelius called two of his servants and a, and a devout soldier, and he instructed them to go to Joppa to ask Peter to come. I don't know if he knew who Peter was or not. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, he, he told him where to go, what street to go to. Um, basically gave him the address to go to find Peter. And the next day about noon, Peter was up on his roof praying, and he was hungry, and so the, a meal was being prepared, and he fell into a trance. And this large sheet dropped down with all kinds of animals on it. And the voice said, get up, kill, and eat. And Peter said, surely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything impure and unclean. And this happened three times. Peter was wondering the meaning of this scripture when the men from Cornelius arrived and told him the encounter Cornelius had with the angel, and asked him to come so he could hear what Peter had to say. Peter was well aware that Jews were not to associate with the Gentiles or visit them, but he went after receiving this message from God that he should go and not call anything impure or unclean. So, when he got there, Cornelius told him that what had happened, and Peter preached the great news that Jesus died on the cross for everyone's sins and Cornelius and all his household received the Holy Spirit and were baptized in the name of Jesus. God is always with us and promises to never leave us or forsake us. The best way to remind ourselves of this promise is to read the promises in the Bible telling us that He is always with us. A few more of these verses in Joshua 1.9, it says... Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord Your God is with you wherever you go Isaiah 41 10 says fear not for I am with you do not, do not be dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand Deuteronomy 31 6 Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt, exalt over you with loud singing. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, a, a familiar verse. Jesus said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Hebrews thirteen five says, Keep your lives free from the love of money. And be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Romans 8 38 and 39, a very familiar passage. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us. From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord so in hearing all those things what it, what do you believe that God is saying to us here at Zurich Kingsfield Zurich Mellonite Church are there any idols that we need to get rid of in your life my life in the life of this church Are there any sins that we need to confess that we are holding on to, to confess to God, or maybe to each other? Only you can answer that. One final thing. I believe that we each need to confess our sins and give our lives to Jesus. I don't know if there's anybody here that hasn't done that or anyone that's online if you are hearing these words if you need to experience this grace and this love and this mercy of of the creator of this world that he sent his son jesus to die on the cross for our sins a god that can send fire from heaven a god that can speak to you by his holy spirit that he sent when he left to go to be back with the father He can calm a raging sea. He can raise the dead. He can heal the sick. He can raise people from the dead. And he can speak to us in a still, small voice. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. May God quicken our hearts to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to each of us as we continue to search for a a lead pastor. I pray that our hearts will be open to the Spirit to, to work together, to pray together, to be in unity in Christ, to have that joy that fills our heart to overflowing, that we will know that we are to be the light in this community, in our homes, in the world, and all around us. And to that end, I pray that we'll be open to the power of the Holy Spirit speaking to us in our lives. Let's pray. God, I don't know what you're saying to each of us today for sure. I know you're saying that we need to be obedient to what the scripture says. We need to hear your voice. We know that sometimes it's that quiet voice that we hear that we know in our heart that God is speaking to us. So I pray God that if you are speaking to, uh, whoever you're speaking to us to, to, to today, that you will help us to hear you well, To understand what you're doing in the world today. God I thank you for the stories that we can can talk about uh, for Elijah that uh, he declared there'd be no rain and for three years it didn't rain on the earth and then after this uh, after this miraculous fire falling from heaven and uh, and uh, that was when the rain came back or how Elijah, the Spirit of God came on you and you outran a horse and chariot for a long distance. Incredible. God, you are an incredible God. As we heard, uh, shared this morning, you plant a small seed and everything in that, all we have to do is put it in the soil. So you provide the moisture, you provide the sunshine. We just need to be obedient in our lives to plant seeds of your goodness and your grace to those around us. God, we love you, we praise you, we worship you, and thank you that you are in control of this world. It, it sure doesn't sound like it. I stopped listening to the news, God, years, months and months ago. But I want to hear your voice. I want to hear what you're saying to us in this world today. And I hope and pray that all of us want to hear that voice that speaks to us. So be with us, God, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.